Hey, thanks for checking out this week's message. We hope you're blessed by the Word of God. For more information on River of Life, you can check out our website, rolmt.com, or download our app. Just search R-O-L-M-T in your app store. Thanks. Well, hello, River of Life. Well, we are excited to be back. Shannon and I just got back from Wyoming, where we got to spend some time with our Star Valley campus. And can I just tell you, they're killing it. It is, it is so cool to see. I wanna, I'm representing, this is my Wyoming shirt that I'm wearing today. There you go, Wyoming. I do need to say hello to Marianne in Wyoming because she told me last night while I was preaching there that she said she waves at the screen every, every week and I don't ever wave back, which is very rude of me. So which camera am I at? Hello, Marianne. Good to see you. Um, no, it was really cool. Zeb and Stacy are doing a fantastic job in Wyoming, and we are so excited to see what God's going to do in that valley. What a beautiful, beautiful place. And, uh, and we're going to send down a team in just a few weeks. Uh, just a couple of people are going to go down and help them put on their very first block party. And uh, so I'll be the week after our block party, they'll be doing one there. How many of you know that's pretty impressive and pretty exciting? And uh, we're just excited to see what God's doing there. Amen? Amen. Well, we are in a series that, we, that we've called The Getaway. And last week, uh, Jason got up here and he shared a little bit about the fact that Shannon and I are going to be on a sabbatical for the month of August and the first two weeks of September. And uh, many of you didn't quite get the dates when he said it last week, so I had a lot of people afterwards going, hey, it was good to see you. We'll see you in a few months. And I'm like, I'm not leaving yet. Thank you very much. Uh, so it's going to start in August. And, uh, and so as I've been preparing for that, I've been realizing how important it is for us as believers to get away, to spend some time just alone with God and to, and to dig into what he has for us. And so last week we started this series and we looked at, we're going to, over the next few weeks, we're going to look at a few different biblical uh, characters and some stories. And last week we started it with Gideon and Gideon was kind of not purposely trying to get away, but he was alone and God spoke to him. And if you missed that one, I would encourage you to get online. But Matthew chapter six, verse six says this, but when you pray, Go away by yourself, shut the door behind you, and pray to your Father in private. Then your Father, who sees everything, will reward you. Let's pray. God, in the next few moments as we look at your word, I pray, Father, that you would, God, just speak to us right where we are. I thank you, Father, that there are people who are watching this all over the world. Lord, as, as our Malawi campus will be watching this, and, and Star Valley, and those who are watching in all different places, God, I just pray, Lord, whether we're in the room or we're watching in some other way, that, God, you would penetrate our hearts, that you would speak to us right where we are, and that, God, you would draw us deeper and closer and, and want more of you, Father. And God, I just thank you because you are so good, and you so desperately want relationship with us. And God, I pray that we will return that, that we will want that in return. And we praise you for that, and we give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. So uh, we're going to spend a little bit of time tonight, and we're going to look at a story that we also find in the Old Testament. And to give you a little lead into this story, we'll see that the children of Israel are making their move towards the promised land. And as they're doing that, every time they would, they would, go, they would walk and they would move somewhere, and then they would set up their camp uh, the Bible tells us that, that as they would do that, Moses would set up the tent of meeting. It would be the place that he would go to get alone with God, and he would set that up usually on the outskirts at first of the camp, of the encampment. 
And, and as we look at the stories, we see that, that if Moses was to go in there during the day, the cloud that they had been following would rest above that, that tent. Or if it was at night, the pillar of fire that they would follow at night would rest above that tent of meeting. And it was just this place and, uh, that where Moses could go in and God would speak to him and, and reveal what was next for the children of Israel. And, and the Bible also tells us that the children of Israel would watch and they would see, oh, Moses is going in to the tent of meeting. And so many of them would watch and they'd pay attention. In fact, in one scripture, it says that the children of Israel would not only watch, but they would get on their face and they would, they would bow towards that because they knew that God's presence, that God was speaking to Moses in that place. And that's a great, that's an amazing thing. I can't even imagine being in that space where you just know, hey, I'm gonna set up this tent over here and God's just gonna show up. He's gonna be with me. Now, for us, we hear that and that's really cool, but the amazing thing is, is because Jesus did what he did, how many of you know that you and I have that same access to God? And so, but I wanna look at this story because there's something that, that as I was digging into this that I found pretty interesting, and it's in Judges chapter 33, verse 17, it says, this is Moses, and he's asking something very bold. I mean, here's a guy who's already, he's leading the children of Israel. God has taken him from being just this, this no-name anybody to being somebody that got, he's saying, I'm going to use you. And he goes and he gets the children of Israel out of Egypt, and they're going, and all these miracles are taking place, and all this stuff is happening. And as that's taking place, now Moses is like, hey, I've got a bold question to ask you, God. Verse 17, the Lord replies to Moses, I will indeed do what you have asked, for I look favorably on you, and I know you by name. Moses responded, then show me your glorious presence. The Lord replied, I will make all my goodness pass before you, and I will call out my name, Yahweh, before you. For I will show mercy to anyone I choose, and I will show compassion to anyone I choose. But you may not look directly at my face, for no one may see me uh, and live. The Lord continued, look, stand near, near me on this rock. As my glorious presence passes by, I will hide you in the crevice of the rock and cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Then I will remove my hand and let you see me from behind but my face will not be seen. This is an incredible story because Moses is already the guy. He's the guy in, in the encampment that already has the most access to God. And he could have very easily like rested in that. Like, hey, I already am the guy that gets to go into the tent of meeting. I'm the guy that gets to talk to God. But in the middle of that, he goes, you know what? I want more. I want more than that. I don't want to be, I don't want to settle for just what I have right now. I want to always want more. And so he asks this thing and God says, listen, I will allow you to see me. So Moses in this bold moment says, I want, I want more than, than, than what I have. Now, let me ask you this question because as believers, we should always want more of him. But I think for many of us, if we were to be honest, when we're praying for more, what are we praying for more of? Are we praying for more stuff? Are we praying for more money? Are we praying for more favor in our job? What are we praying for more of? Moses had the most already when it came to his, pre his, his relationship with God. He already had the most, but in this story, he says, God, I want even more than what I already have. What would happen if, if believers today would begin to say, you know what, God, I am not satisfied with where I am. I want to know you more. Amen. 
I want to experience you more. I want to see more of you. I want to see you move more in my life. I want to see you move more in my family. I want to see more of you. Because we see in this story that, that God says, okay, yes, you can have more. Do you think that God loves Moses more than he loves you? The answer to that is no. I'll, I'll, I'll help you. Here's the cue card, right? God does not love Moses more than he loves you. So what are we missing? We're missing the, the, the wanting of more of him. What would life look like if we honestly asked God for more of him? So in Exodus chapter 34, we see that God gives Moses an assignment. He says, listen, I'm going to let this happen, but I also got some stuff that I want you to do. He says, go and get a pen and paper and jot down some notes. And then he realizes the pen and paper hadn't been invented yet. So he says, go get a stone and a, and a chisel. And he makes him write down some stuff, right? And basically what he's saying is, I've got some expectations of you. So Exodus chapter 34, verse 5, it says, Then the Lord came down in a cloud and stood there with him, and he called out his own name, Yahweh. The Lord passed in front of Moses, calling out, Yahweh, the Lord, the, good, the God of compassion and mercy, I am slow to anger and filled with unfailing love and faithfulness. I lavish unfailing love to thousand generations. I forgive inequity, uh, rebellion, and sin, but I do not excuse the guilty. I lay the sins of the parents upon the, their children and grandchildren. The entire family is affected, even children in the third and fourth generation. So God now is saying, listen, I've told you what I'm going to do, and that is I'm going to allow you to come, and you're going you're to be here, and I'm going to let my presence pass in front of you. But while he's doing that, he's saying these things about himself. So I think that he teaches us who he is in order so that we can better understand who we are. Yeah, so in this moment, God is saying, I want you to understand the, the, the greatness of your God because I want you to understand that that's who fights for you. Now Moses is going through battle after battle and all these things are going wrong. And God is saying, I'm not only going to show you who I am, but I'm going to explain who I am to you so that you can better understand me. Exodus 34, verse 8, Moses immediately threw himself on the ground and worshiped. So Moses gets to see God, and worship is the natural posture of someone who gets to see God. When we start to ask for more of him, we will begin to want to worship even more. See, for a lot of us, we can come into a room like this and we can, and we can, we can worship, we can, we can say, hey, oh, I really like that song, I, I, that's a good one, and, and that stirs something in me. But the, the reality is, is if we, if we don't ask for more, if we don't press in and want more, then we're going to be stagnant and we're going to be in this place where, where we're not growing and we're not wanting more of him, we're not expecting more of him. Have you ever had something in your life where maybe you've expressed a little interest in something? And then maybe it's a hobby or, or something. I know that there are, there, are, there are guys in the room who maybe you, you fish or you hunt, and you started with, with something where you're just like, oh, I've got a little interest in that. Maybe somebody brought you, and you went, and you, and you did it for the first time, and you're like, hey, I really enjoyed that. And the next thing you know, you went and you bought yourself some gear. And then the next thing you know, you're, you're, you're spending more and more time like YouTubing things and figuring out how to do more things with, with that particular hobby, whatever that thing is. And the more you do it, the more you want to do it. 
Well, the same is true in our faith journey because for many of us, we don't, we don't, we don't like press in. And because we don't press in, we don't actually get to a place where we want more. We just go, hey, you know what, Saturday nights, yeah, it's sick, so that's what we do. We come and we sit and we stand up when they tell us to and then they sing some songs and then the bald guy gets up and preaches and sometimes it touches my heart and then, and then I go on about my business. But if all of a sudden we would go, you know what, in those moments where we'd say, God, I want more of you. Like, I want, I want to see you. I want to experience you. I don't want to just hear somebody talking about you, but I want to know you. Then all of a sudden, something in us begins to stir, and we begin to go, you know what? The more I talk about him, the more I talk to him, the more I press into him, the more I want to know more about him. And it changes something inside of us. But for many of us, we've just become satisfied with just being where we are. And Moses... Of all the people that could have just been satisfied, Moses could have been satisfied. He could have went, listen, all these other people don't get to go into the tent of meeting. I'm the only one. So I'm doing pretty good, right? Many of us will compare ourselves to other believers. We'll look down the row and go, hey, I think I, uh, I, think I worshiped harder than that guy down the row this, today. I think my hands were a little higher than that person tonight. So I think I'm doing pretty good. Or, hey, I, that person down the row is a mess, and I'm, I'm a little less messy, so I think I'm doing... And we compare. But Moses, the only one he was comparing himself to was God. And he's like, I want more. I want to know more. I want to experience more of you, because he knew that just the little taste that he had had was not enough. He wanted more of him. For many of us, our alone time with God consists of maybe one or two worship songs, and let me expand on that, because many of you, by the time you even find your way to your chair, and you get seated, and you put your coffee down underneath the thing, and make sure you're not going to spill it, and all of those things, and then you begin to, you begin to like, figuring out, okay, they're halfway through the first song, and so then you kind of start getting, getting comfortable, and then we get to song number two, and so maybe you start singing along, and maybe by song number three, you're, you've got your hands in the air, and you're beginning to worship, and then it's time for somebody to get up and pray, and we move on to the next part of the service, and that's your worship consistency for the week. You just do the little that's there, and you go, well, you know what? It's good enough. Moses said, it's not good enough. I want more. I think for many of us, if we're honest, we are okay with having an acquaintance to God, but we are not going to press in to, to know intimate Jesus. Like we want, we're okay with an acquaintance with God, but we don't, we don't want the intimate thing. And for many of us, the reason we don't want the intimate thing is because then that reveals stuff in us. And we're like, man, I don't, I don't want to mess with that. I don't want to stir stuff up in me. I don't want to get into that stuff. And, and so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just keep things... God, can we just be friends, right? We'll just be friends. Let's not complicate things and make this intimate. Let's, let's just make this, we're friends. And God is saying, That's, I will, I'll do what you want me to do. We'll, we'll stay at that level, but you're missing out. Because he wants intimacy. He wants you to want him. He wants you to want more. He wants you to experience more. He has so much more. And you can go, you know what? I've been serving Jesus for a long time, and I, I accepted him when I was a kid, and, and I've been to camp, and, and hearing about camp, I, I've been and had those experiences, and it's all great. And so I think I'm good right where I am. And I'm telling you right now, God is like, man, if you just ask to see me, if you just ask to experience me, if you would just say, hey, I want more than what I already have. He has more for you. 
He wants that relationship with you. But he is also a gentleman and he's not going to force himself on you. Moses was deep with God, but he wanted more. And as a result, he got to see God. Do you want to see God? Press in. See, Moses made time. The Bible tells us that he hiked the mountain and he asked. Some of us want the preacher to climb the mountain for us. We want our spouse to do the heavy lifting. Or we rely on that social media influencer to be the one that gets us closer to God. It's great. We live in a time where you can, you can watch messages from all over the world. You can, watch, you can watch them all day long if you want to. And that's great. And we'll learn a lot as we do that. But can I tell you, the social media influencer, the pastor that stands behind this, the worship leader that's up here, can't ask for more for you. You have to ask for more. You have to want more. And for what, what you need to understand is for Moses to get more, he had to climb the mountain, right? He had to, he had to take the steps. It didn't just come because he sat and said, ah, you know what, it'd be nice, I guess, God, if you want to give me a little bit more, I'll take it. But otherwise, I'm fine right where I am. No, that, this story would not have happened had that been Moses. But Moses said, listen, you said you'd give me what I want, and what I want is I want to see you. I want to see you, God. I want to see who you are. I want to experience something new when it comes to my relationship with you. And because he did that, all of a sudden it opened up this, this thing that, that we'd never, we never had seen throughout Scripture before this. So God tells Moses of a covenant that he is making with the children of Israel, and he begins to lay out some expectations. So in the middle of this, here, in the middle of all these expectations, I'm not going to read all of them to you, but this one stood out to me as I was rereading them this week. Exodus chapter 34, verse 12 says this, be very careful never to make a treaty with the people who live in the land where you are going. If you do, you will follow their evil ways and be trapped. Instead, you must break down their pagan altars, smash their sacred pillars, and cut down their Asherah poles. You must worship no other gods, for the Lord, whose very name is Jealous, is a God who is jealous about his relationship with you. Now, a couple things I wanted to just stop there for a moment. I want to look at this. Because I believe that we live in a time right now where, where we can say, yeah, we want relationship with God. But the reality is, is many of us want relationship with the world more than we do with God. We want the world to be okay with us more than we care about if God's okay with us. Ooh, it's quiet in here. Somebody told me once it's quiet because it's always quiet during surgery, right? Uh, we want for the world to go, oh, but we, we want everybody to see how accepting we are and how loving we are. But, but God says in this verse, he says, hey, when you go into this land that is not you, it's not, it's not us, it's it's them. And when you get into that land, you need to understand, if you start making treaties with them, if you start following their ways, you will become like them. They will not become like you. See, we live in a time right now where the church has said, you know what? If we act more like the world, they'll, they'll think we ex it's more accepting and it's more loving. It's not how it works. Because what happens is we start to compromise and compromise and compromise and we become just like them instead of them becoming like us. And so he says, you need to go in and you need to break those things down. And what does that mean for us in society today? There's, there's probably not places where we're going to go and, and knock down actual idols. 
But what we can do is we can stand up for what is true. We can speak truth and with love, okay? We got to do it with love. We're not, we're not hateful towards people that, that, that don't know the way. We, we, we need to understand, like, we are called to love them, but we are also called to speak truth into their story and to say, listen, this is not okay. This is not the way that God designed it. And so, so God makes it super clear as he's about to do this thing with Moses that's incredible, but he says, hey, this is important for you to understand. I've got all these things that I want you to understand, but in the middle of it was this, and then it says that God is jealous of his relationship with you. Think about that for a moment. Sometimes we feel like, man, I don't know that God even knows my name. Sometimes I'm not sure how God feels about me. Can I tell you, the Bible tells me how he feels about you, and he's jealous of you. He wants you. So when you, when you don't pay attention to him, when you're not giving him the time of day, he's jealous of that because he so badly wants relationship with you. That is mind-blowing to me, that the God of the universe could see me like that and want me like that. Exodus chapter 34, verse 28, Moses remained there on the mountain with the Lord for 40 days and 40 nights. In all that time, he ate no bread or drank no water. And the Lord wrote the terms of the covenant, the 10 commandments on the stone tablets. When Moses came down from Mount Sinai, carrying the two stone tablets inscribed with the terms of the covenant, he wasn't aware that his face had become radiant because he had spoken to the Lord. So when Aaron and the people of Israel saw the radiance of Moses' face, they were afraid to come near him. So Moses, let's look at this for just a moment. Moses makes time, and, and in that time, God reveals himself. And God reminds Moses of his greatness, and God gives Moses instruction, and then Moses comes down, and he's among the people, and he's glowing, so much that he was in so much in the presence of God that now it's changed him. He's radiant. And the people are like kind of freaked out because they'd never seen that before. And, and Moses is, 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 has come down and he doesn't even realize what has taken place. He's been in this position that no one had ever been before. And he's experienced something that no one else has ever experienced before because the presence of God changes things. God's nearness is meant to be our source of courage and strength. So as we look at this, as believers, if we would say, hey, you know what? I'm not satisfied with where I am in my journey with Christ. I'm not okay with being where I am right now. I want more. I want to experience you more. I want to, I want to know you more. I want to, I want to feel more of, of what you feel, and I want to experience more of, of what you have for me. If all of a sudden we would put ourselves into that position, then it should change things in our life. See, when we go into our workplace, people should see something different in us. Like, there should be a difference in the way that we act when we're, when we're out and we're with those who are not believers. They should go, something's different about you. Can I tell you, if, if that was the case, if we, if all of us in this room, even just tonight, if all of us in this room would, would say, you know, God, I want more of you. I want to experience you more. I want, to, I want to know you more. I want you to reveal yourself to me. And all of a sudden now God begins to pour into us and now something changes inside of us. Why? Because there's a fulfillment that will come out of that. See, we keep seeking fulfillment from the world and God's like, that's not where you're going to get it. 
You get it by getting into my word. You get it by spending time with me and getting to know me and understand me. And, and as we dig in and we, and we ask for more and we pray for more, then all of a sudden now, now, now we start to experience these things. And that inward thing that's going on has an outward appearance. So we go to work or we go into our neighborhood or we go and spend time with our, our family that isn't saved and all of a sudden there's something different. And, and the children of Israel were actually afraid of it because they didn't understand it. Now it may be that your coworkers and the people in your life that might go, whoa, 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 what is happening with you? Right? Now I'm not saying you're going to glow. Maybe you will. But I am saying that something should be different. There should be, there should be a sign of what God's doing inside of you. And if all of a sudden those of us in this room would say, yeah, we want that and we want to we be different and we want God to shine through us. And so even when there's struggles and there's pain and there's heartache and all of that stuff, we want the people that are around us to go, man, there's something different about them. Now, guess what? When we, when we say, hey, you should witness to your friends, it's way easier because why? They see something different in you. I've said this before, but I think it's so important because so many of us are like, man, you know, you're like the biggest belly aker at your office, and then you try and invite somebody to church, and they're like, why the heck would I go to church? Like, you're, you're a whiner. You're like, a, you're, you're always upset. You're always, you're always belly aching about stuff, and, and so why would, I, why would I want what you have? It doesn't look any different than what I have, and you give up your Saturday nights or Sunday mornings, Right? But if all of a sudden we're like, God, more of you, please, more of you. He's so good and he loves you so much that he wants to give you more. He wants you to have more. He's not holding back going, well, we'll see if, you, if you've earned it. No, he's just waiting for us to ask. And when we ask, he'll give because he's a good dad. Moses went to the mountain for 40 days to get familiar with deeper knowledge and to understand God's presence even more. And when he came down, he, he carried remnants of God's presence. But he also learned how to better see God when he wasn't on the mountaintop. See, for many of us, what we need to understand is when we lean in and we start saying, God, I want more of you, we may be in a season in our life right now where everything's good and everything's going well, and, and God begins to pour into you. But guess what that also does is it transforms when things aren't going good. Because I've already learned how to see God. I've already learned how to experience God more. I've already learned how to, how to understand that when he's speaking to me. And last week we talked about that, coming to a place where maybe you've never, you've never allowed God to speak into your life or you've never left space for him to do so. And so I'm just telling you right now as we walk through this series, my hope and my goal and my, my prayer for all of us is that we'll come to a place where we allow space because God wants to speak to you. Amen. He wants to speak into your life. And for some of us, we just need to learn how to pray Last week I said, I said man, I, we need to be praying that, that God, I want to hear you. And, and this week, I, I want you to pray, God, I want to know you more. I want to experience you more. I want to see you. I want to see you in my day-to-day -day life. I want to see you at work inside of my life. Many of us, if we were to, if we were to pray that and, and God was to open our eyes to it, we would see all the things that he's actually doing inside of your life that you've never taken notice of before. Because he's always working. He's always fighting for you. He's always working on your, on your benefit. We are to find refuge in the knowledge and experience of his presence. Amen. 
His presence should mean everything to us. It means that we're not alone anymore. It means that he will guide us and shepherd us through various situations that we may find ourselves in. You may find yourself this weekend in a your rod and staff, they comfort me moment. And I want you to know that when you wake up in the morning, God is there and he loves you and he is preparing you for the day. When you go about your day, God is there and he is desiring to empower you, to strengthen you, to reveal himself to you, to make you who he's called you to be. Encountering God's presence starts by climbing the mountain and asking him to reveal himself. I don't know about you, but I want to come to a place where I'm not satisfied anymore. See, we can keep doing church. We can show up on Saturday nights and we can show up on Sunday mornings and and that's good. And we can do our outreaches and and go and feed kids and, and that's all great stuff. It's all what God's called us to do, so we're doing it. But I also want to get to a place where Every time that we, that we gather or every time that, we, that we're, we're even on our own and we're praying, that we're saying, God, show me more. Like, give me more. I want to experience more of you. And you can go, you know what, I, you know, I, I want to I watch this person online because they seem to know more about that or I want to I go to, to this conference or I want to do that. And that's all fine, but can I just tell you, no one else can do it for you. You have to do it. You have to want it. You have to say, God, show me more. God, give me more. I want to know you. I want to really know you. As I was rereading this story, I was, again, I'm just blown away because Moses is in this place where he already knows God. God speaks to him. God lit a bush on fire and talked to him. Like anybody, any of us in our Christian faith could go, you know what, I'm good. I've made it. God already burned a bush for me and, and talked to me. So I'm doing pretty good. But Moses isn't satisfied. So now he's got the tent of meeting. And so he, he meets with God on a regular basis. And then he goes, you know what? That's not enough either. I want to see you, God. I want to see your presence. And for many of us, I think we've just gotten comfortable. Like, hey, I'm comfortable where I am. It's good. God is saying, it's time to get uncomfortable. It's time to not be satisfied anymore. And see, sometimes even as I say those words, that can come off like, oh, but we should be satisfied in God. You are satisfied in the fact that we know who he is and what he's done for us, but, we, but he does not want you to be satisfied with your walk with him. We should always be pressing to grow more. We should always be pushing to want to know him more. I mean... Unless you're at a place where you're like, we turned off the lights and your face is glowing right now, we can try it. Um, None of us have arrived. What if we just prayed more, God? I want more. I want more of you. I want to know you more. I want to experience you more. Sometimes we can get so wrapped into Well, when I was this age, we experienced this and it was great and we just live in these old stories. God doesn't want you to live in old stories anymore. He wants you to experience his newness because he's new every morning.
And he has new things for you every morning. So tonight, in just a moment, we're going to give you an opportunity to just spend a little bit more time with God. Hey, thanks for listening. River of Life is a ministry in East Missoula, Montana. We exist for one purpose, to make Jesus famous by showing his love to the lost, broken, and hurting. For more information, you can check us out online at rolmt.com. If you've made a decision to follow Jesus today, we'd love to talk to you about what comes next. Shoot us an email at nextstep at rolmt.com. Thanks. Thanks.